Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. Today, let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and let's talk about the amazing verse, the amazing statement, when Jesus told us that He would give us the desires that we have that we ask Him for. Praise the Lord. This is going to be a wonderful Bible study. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into Your Word, that Your Holy Spirit would quicken and make alive Your Word. Thank You, Father. Let it be like fresh bread to us. Thank You, Father God, so that our spirit can be fed with faith. In Jesus' name, thank You, Father. Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Before we jump into John 15, verse 7, let me say a big thank you to everybody that sowed into the new HVAC system for the sanctuary. Right now, outside, it's 17 degrees Fahrenheit. It's very cold, far below freezing, but yet here in the sanctuary studio, it's so nice and warm and comfortable. So even in the coldest time of winter, we have comfort and heat, and in the hottest time of summer, it'll be like an iceberg in here if we want it to be. Praise God. So thank you for blessing us with that brand new York air conditioning heating system. It is working so smooth, and it's so powerful. Praise God. It's very, very nice to have. John chapter 15, verse 7, Jesus said, If you abide in me, now notice the word if, if is a conditional uh, term that is used. So there's two conditions. If we meet them, then we get the promise attached on the other side. If you abide in me, that's number one, and my words abide in you, that would be number two. This is what Jesus said he would do. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Okay, if you abide in me, if you abide in me, to abide in Jesus is more than just a casual relationship. It's more than just a mediocre walk with God. It is a relationship that has depth, that has meaning, that has a strong walk with the Lord. Praise God. So you need to move into that position. Spend time in the Word. Spend time in prayer. Get to know the God that you love and serve. Spend time with Him. Abide in Him. Woo! If you abide in me, I believe that, that you will do that. You know, sometimes it only takes a little adjustment, a, a small tweaking here, a little changing of that, and then what did not line up previously will now work and be very smooth and will work the way that it's supposed to. I believe it can be like that for you concerning this verse, this statement. If you abide in me, and an and is a conjunction, meaning there's something more. And my words abide in you. Okay, after that, then you can ask and receive your desires. This is very important where he said, and my words abide in you. I think this is probably the main part that God's people, that would be you and I, that we want to experience the fullness of this verse. We have to give more weight to this area. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. So strong walk with God, and also the Word of God abiding in us. How can you tell if God's Word is really at that point where it's actually abiding in you? Here's an example. Here's a test. 
when you wake up in the morning, you sit up in bed, you begin to get out of bed, what kind of thoughts begin to come to your mind? Maybe you're in a place where unfortunately there can be thoughts of worry or concern. How am I going to pay these bills? How am I going to get this done? You know, maybe there's other problems, marital problems. Maybe there's problems at work. How am I going to overcome these problems? And that can be normal for many, many people, but God doesn't want you to live like that. When the Word of God is abiding in you so strong, you will find that when you wake up in the morning, what begins to come to your mind first is a scripture. Woo! Now that's amazing. When that begins to happen, know that you are actually walking in the reality of the first two conditions that Jesus gave for the great promise to be met. Is it easy to get into that place? I would say it's not. I would say that you can make those adjustments easily, but it will take effort and discipline to maintain them and to see it sustained in your life. There are many voices in the world today speaking words, and those words are competing for your attention. Waking up in the morning and having the Word of God being at the forefront of your mind would often indicate that the night before you were putting the Word of God into your mind, maybe taking 10 minutes, maybe even five minutes, but yet you're taking that time to wash your mind with the Word, keep the Word at the forefront of your heart and your mind, and when you begin to do that on a continual basis, the Word will become predominant in your thinking. Yes, it can take effort to make that application, but as you do that, the rewards are so, they're just so fulfilling, praise God. And there are rewards associated, and that great reward would be that you'll be able to ask what you desire, and you'll see it done for you. But remember, let's, let's really take that time to allow God's Word to abide in us. That's meditating on the Word of God day and night, taking select scriptures and saying, this is the promise of God. This is God's Holy Word. Now, I'm going to meditate on that verse. There was so much life in that verse, I'm going to meditate on it. And if the verse ever starts to get, how can we say, a little bit dry, then that's the Holy Spirit saying, now it's time to go get another fresh living Word and meditate on that, and meditate on that, and let it be at the forefront of your mind, and it will just rise up. It'll come in the middle of the night. It will come in the early morning. It will come during the day, and you just continue to allow that verse that word to give you strength that you need. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. So when we meet those two conditions, Jesus said, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for me. Now for some Christians, the reality of actually asking God what you desire and seeing it happen it seems like a fairy tale. It seems like, well, it must be true because God said it, but it's, it's not happening for me, and I don't really see how it could happen. It seems like something way out there that you can't touch, even if you had a 40-foot pole. You just, you just can't wrap your, your faith around it. Why? You're not doing those first two things. You're not walking close enough to the Lord, abiding in Him, and you're not allowing the Word of God to just abide into you. Now, when the Word of God is really abiding in you, 
the strength that comes from the word which builds faith will allow your heart to be so strong with faith that you can reach and say, I can ask God what I desire and he's going to do it. But if the word's not strong in you, you'll just stand back and you'll look at this verse and you'll see Jesus saying, ask what you desire and I'll do it. And you'll just think, I've done that before. I've done that 20 times, a hundred times. And it's never happened once. Why? There's a, there's an element of doubt that God will actually do it. So grab a hold of the word of God, like verse seven, commit it to heart, memorize it and build yourself up on that statement of the Lord. Jesus, you said it. And I'm going, I'm going to meditate on this verse day and night. And Lord, I believe that you'll do it for me. Now, already things are beginning to change and you can come before the Lord in faith, not unbelief, but in faith and ask in faith that thing that you desire. Not, we're not talking about needs today. How many of you know it's not really exciting to, you know, be in a place where you're trusting God to get the light bill paid? Well, it's something that you need to do, but needs, there's something about needs, you know, paying electrical bills, paying, you know, for, you know, a new pair of shoelaces, stuff like that, that revolves around the needs of life. It's not very exciting. Uh, although it's something that would be considered essential and you need it, it's not really exciting. What is exciting is when you move past the needs and you go over into the area of desires. Now, there is a Greek word for needs. That's, that word is not here. The, the word desire is very accurate. And there's other verses, there's quite a few of them actually in the Bible, that refer to the truth that God will not only give you your needs, He'll even give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37, 4 would also be another good verse to commit to memory, that when you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you, not that He might, not that we hope He will. No, He will give you the desires of your heart. So commit those verses that that engage your faith in the area of desires, commit them to heart, memorize them, and then meditate on them day and night. And then when you ask, you can actually ask in faith and you'll see it happen in your life. Now, before we jump more fully into this area of desires, because he said, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. We need to first Understand that there is a need for maturity in the body of Christ. And so, while we're not going to take anything away from this dynamic promise, we also need to realize that there can be a place where the Holy Spirit and the Word of God will serve as a filter. And there can be some areas where, although there can be things that are permissible, it may not be God's best for you. And that's just something that when you're going to ask for a desire, just allow the Holy Spirit to weigh that. Not that there would maybe be something wrong with it. Now, if there is something out of bounds, according to the Word of God, we know, we just know, don't go there. You don't have to pray about, Lord, should I steal this or not? No, no. the Bible says you shall not steal. So stuff like that, you don't even pray about. If it's out of bounds, you don't touch it. You just, you know, that's the forbidden fruit. Don't, it, 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 if you do it, it's going to hurt you bad. So don't touch it. Okay. But there's other areas where things can be permissible. They could be allowable, but even still, 
that doesn't mean that maybe that you should do that because there's some things that could be very distracting. There's nothing wrong with them, but maybe it's just something that, you know what, it's better not to get engaged with it in the first place. And there's other things still that could be okay. But if you go into it, you're going to, you're going to be labeled whether you want to or not. And that's something you have to be careful about because with desires in the church, a lot of Christians that could be young in the Lord and they could be, they could be also in a place where they're not really grounded spiritually. So there's a lot of soulish carnality mixed into their asking and they're asking for all of these desires. And the truth were, if they had it, they would probably even be amplified more in their carnality. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm, uh, I think that's very important. I'm glad you're touching on that, but I've got it all figured out. Pastor Stephen, I'm waiting for my lime green Lamborghini to show up. That's what I've asked God for, and that's what I'm going to get. Well, I don't think there's anything sinful about a Lamborghini or Ferrari or an exotic sports car, but I will say this. You know, I, I used to live in Newport Beach, uh, California, uh, you know, very high income area, a lot of a lot of high end cars. You know, it's not unusual to see all the Lamborghinis, you know, Ferraris and not just Mercedes, but, you know, like Maybachs and stuff like that. That's just, you know, every time you turn your head, there's another one. But I would say this when it came to like, let's let's take, for example, I'm just going to pick on Lamborghini a little bit today. I've never. In all of my years of seeing somebody drive a Lamborghini, I have never seen anybody drive one who actually kept the speed limit. <laughs> I mean, it's like the moment you push the gas pedal, uh, you know, you're going to go, you're going to blow past the speed limit real quick. So uh, I've never seen anybody drive one that ever obeyed the speed limit. And I never, uh, you know, every time somebody was driving one, they're either, they're either speeding mega fast or they're burning out in the parking lot, you know, burning the tires out. And, you know, there are some things that if you have that, just because you have it, you're going to be labeled as one of those type of people that does those type of things. Oh, well, Pastor Stephen, now, now I'm a Christian. I, I wouldn't do it. Well, that, that's what they all say. But then they get it, and you, you're going to be just thrown into that mold, and people are going to even expect you to do it. And even, even, even if you think that you won't, you're still going to be just grouped into that group whether you like it or not. Some things are just, they just come like that. They're already branded. They're already stigmatized. And if you, you go into that arena, you're going to be stigmatized just like that item. Remember that because, you know, some things can get uh, people into trouble. Uh, you know, there was a uh, famous NASCAR driver that lived in the area and, you know, I guess maybe he just wasn't satisfied with going 200 miles an hour out of the racetrack. So for his own personal life, he bought a, one of these high-end exotic sport cars, and he got a ticket uh, in the neighborhood just right down the street from us. And, you know, this was a school area, elementary school at that, with little children with a 30-mile-per-hour with um, speed limit. So that's the zone. If you're going through this zone, 30 miles per hour. Why? There's, why? There's little children outside. That's why, walking around and stuff like that, going to school. He got a ticket for going in a 30-mile-per-hour zone, going 127 miles per hour. Yes, that's crazy, isn't it? But, you know, I'm, I'm just telling you, some of these machines 
touch the gas pedal, boom, you're already over 70. That's just the way they are, and they, they, you almost cannot drive them slow. Well, I'm, I'm going to give now Lamborghini a break. Is there anything wrong with a Lamborghini? No. And, uh, you know, when I get to heaven, some of those things, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some of that stuff. But down here, down here, I, I'm not going to do that. Why? Why, Pastor Stephen? Because usually the only, the only guys that drive those are playboys. And some of you need to make up your mind. Do you really want to be viewed as a playboy or as a prophet? Okay. Just things you have to weigh if you really. Well, Pastor Stephen, Jesus said I can ask him whatever I want. He'll do it. He also understands that you have a destiny. And if it doesn't fit the mold of that destiny, um, you, you know what? You're, you're toying with your, with your destiny. And, and for me, souls are more important. So, you know, others, maybe they can drive it, even be a Christian, drive it, uh, have fun. I'm not going to do certain things because it doesn't come across right uh, as the image of being a man of God. That doesn't mean I don't have fun. Doesn't mean that I don't live an exciting life. But I just think there are some things that you can do that if you do it, you're going to, it's just stupid. You shouldn't be doing certain things. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't look right. <laughs> Maybe you can get away with it and do it. Uh, it's, not going to, it's not going to be a good witness for the Lord. Okay, that's just, you know, just touching that area. So I think we should filter some things. I don't think we need to be, you know, legalistic or anything like that. But I just think that you should allow the Holy Spirit to help you in areas, lest you end up getting so carnal and crude that, you know, um, even unbelievers are looking at you going, hey, you, you know, uh, you're setting the standard for us to, you know, push the boundaries of, <laughs> you know, you, you shouldn't, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do things like that. Praise God. You know, Lot is, would be a good example of a person that had, had a relationship with God. It actually says in the Bible that, that he was a righteous man. But was he a holy man? No. Abraham was a holy man and righteous. Lot was righteous, but he was not holy. Because in Genesis chapter 13, when both of their camps just got larger and larger and larger because of the prosperity and the blessing that was on Abraham, and Lot just being in relationship with Abraham, that blessing was coming from God, touching Abraham, it was so strong, it was even touching Lot, and that's where all of Lot's increase was coming from, it was coming from his connection with Abraham, and so they're getting more and more cattle, more and more livestock, and so they, they need more grazing area, and their herdsmen are quarreling, you know, competing for water and stuff like that. So, you know, Abraham said, look, he said, we're relatives. We shouldn't have strife between our workers. So he said, Lot, you do this. You go to the left. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. We just need to spread out. And Lot looked and he saw with his physical eyes, not his spiritual eyes, not with the eyes of his heart, but with his carnal, soulish eyes, he looked at the land down by Sodom and Gomorrah and said, ooh, that's good land down there. And there was a lot of prosperity down there too also. So he said, I'm going to go down there. Uncle, I'm going down there. And Abraham said, good. He said, nephew, you just go right ahead and you do that. And he went down there because that's what he desired because it looked so good. And that's what he wanted. But you know what? He lost his wife because of that. You know, uh, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. That's actually right where he was going into. He was going into an area that it was just so bad. God said, I'm going to have to destroy it. So he's literally like trying to like buy a condominium 
there in Pompeii of Italy right before Mount Vesuvius is about to blow that that would be like a you know an example that's that's not good real estate to buy oh pastor Stephen I just bought some land in Atlantis I bought some land on that island well I, I hate to tell you the whole island's going to sink well you know uh, that's what he's walking into and so you know not a good thing but God sends two angels there to drag him out and he delays he doesn't want to leave the angels after they actually take him by the hand they pull him out they take his wife by the arm and pull her out why they did not want to leave they loved the culture they they just got comfortable and they got their their two daughters and took them the angels took them and their husbands would not even go with them so they got left they were destroyed and so they're taken by the angels they're they're taken away and lot his wife was so attached to the the culture and the sin and all the fun and all that she turned around and the angel said don't turn around and look at the judgment she turned around and she got turned into a pillar of salt and you know all of this when lot made that decision of getting his desire he probably had no idea of what it would cost him his family falling away from god not serving the lord his two daughters you know getting him drunk one night and you know the oldest daughter got him drunk the next night the youngest daughter got him drunk so that they could sleep with him because they thought all the men on the earth had been killed because they you know they, they had seen all the smoke they thought well God's wiped everything out there's no more men so to perpetuate the lineage of our father will get him drunk and have a incestuous relationship with him and out of that the oldest daughter uh, conceived a child named Moab and he became the father of the Moabite nation the youngest daughter who had conceived from the father in this awful relationship you know they got him drunk he didn't know what he was doing but they knew what they were doing well she had a son named Ben Ami he became the father of the Ammonites and you know what the Moabites and the Ammonites were just trouble for the Israelites for generations for hundreds and hundreds of years so that desire did not turn out to be good even though he got what he wanted so I'm not trying to make you afraid to ask God for something but I'm just saying let the Holy Spirit help you filter because some desires can be very crude and carnal and that's not something that the Holy Spirit wants you going towards he wants you to be blessed and he wants you to be happy but he wants you to also be spiritual that needs to be the number one thing that we're going after is a life that's pleasing to the Lord remember you've got all eternity this life down here is just like a short probationary period that even if you live to be a hundred or 120 it's still in the eyes of eternity it's a very small minute fragment sliver of time and the main thing is while we're down here is is that we live a life that's pleasing to God and that honors the Lord so remember that in your asking the Holy Spirit wants to help you with that because He wants you to be pleasing to Lord to the Lord. You'll have all of eternity to you know uh, do all of these fun extra things. You're going to have a lot of that while you're here, but there's a lot more you, that you'll have. There's sometimes when you look at life, you uh, you know, and I've, I've been in areas where there's phenomenal wealth. I was in a in the home of a person that was a multi-billionaire, and the thing that just hit me was just like. You don't even have time in life to enjoy these types of things. The, the person that had the home was in his 80s. And, you know, and you just think, Lord, this is not where the focus should be. The focus should be like, save, walking right with God, a life pleasing to the Lord. And, you know, you know, 
a heart for the kingdom because you, you, just life goes so fast praise the Lord so put the Lord first he'll add he'll add all of these other things but make sure and you're asking that your heart is very very close to, to the Lord all right let's get back to the desires if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you so yes God wants you to have your desires you you allow them to be filtered and still uh, on so many of them the Holy Spirit just gives the thumbs up and God's word is authorized in the word and you could ask you have strong faith for it and you could ask and so when you ask make sure that you're not asking beyond your faith because that will frustrate you you have to even if you're asking big still you have to have the faith for it pastor Stephen how do I get the faith you have to give scriptures that bring validity and integrity to what it is that you're asking for so John 15 7 Psalm 30, uh, 37 verse 4 delight yourself in the Lord he will give you the desires of your heart so you just build a scriptural base within your heart for asking for these desires and you ask in faith the stronger your faith is the further out you can go but don't go beyond your faith let there be a comfort level yes you want to push because that's what faith is all about but don't go beyond your faith praise God so let there be a Holy Spirit and word filter and then have faith when you ask and then I think I would even say I'm convinced that on many of these desires that you're asking for you need to be specific I do believe that there are some of you that are watching me right now that the holdup could be because you haven't been specific and just like with your natural children if they ask you for something you're you're thinking well you know hey th this thing comes in like you know 20 different colors what what color do you want or you know it's you know there's all these variables and so when you go before the Lord I have found that it is important to on certain types of requests to give specifics to say to the Lord Lord I, I, I would like this color I would like this this brand I would like this model maybe there's a hundred different varieties and the Lord wants to do it for you but he just doesn't know what you want so that is really something to consider and that needs to be cleared up and if you need to sit down and figure out what you what, what it is that you actually want you need to do that and you need to be able to tell the Lord specifically Lord this is what I desire mm, praise God I, I think for some of you you're in that category where it's just like vague and you don't even know oh pastor Stephen it's whatever God wants uh, but but um, you know there's a place with God when you work with the Lord where you you need to get into specifics and I, I learned that years back going back oh, oh like 25 years ago reading a little bitty book by Dr. Paul Youngie Cho now he changed his first name to David David Youngie Cho pastor of the world's largest church but he he talked about when he was very poor and he was asking God for a bicycle and the bicycle just didn't show up and you know he thought well, you know Lord I'm not even asking you for a car I'm asking you for a bicycle uh, what's going on with the bicycle and he also wanted a table and a chair the, the table was more of a desk so we wanted a bicycle a desk and a chair but it, it just wasn't materializing and the Holy Spirit helped him and said you're not giving any specifics like what brand bicycle do you want what color bicycle do you want what kind of you know 
what kind of a desk do you want? What kind of a chair? There's all kinds of wood. He goes, oh, okay, I see it, Holy Spirit, I see it. So he told the Holy Spirit that he wanted a Schwinn bicycle, which was an American brand, but he wanted a blue color bicycle, okay? So good, now he's got that down, Schwinn and blue, you know, male bike, not a female, okay? He's got all that covered. And he said, I want this kind of a desk, mahogany desk, and mahogany chair. And he got all the details down. And he said, you know, it was just a few weeks later that he just got blessed with those items. So you do need to be specific when you're asking the Lord for your desire. I do know, also don't get legalistic with that. There may be some areas where you want to give a little flexibility for the Lord to maybe do it the way He wants to bring it in. But many times, uh, maybe 75% of the time, you need to give the Lord the details. He would like to know what you would like. And that can be a holdup. Praise God. Okay, next, I would say if it's something that is beyond your ability to do, you know, what this is something really special, a desire, then you need to sow seed for it, okay? If it's really big, it's, if, it, if, it, if it's over in the God area, and God's the only one that can do this, takes God, God to do it, then you need to sow some seed, and sow a seed so that you can reap a harvest in that area. And then you feel good in your conscience. God, I've got seed in the soil. I've sown it on good soil. So, Father, I have a legal right for a harvest. And you just pull those things together and you ask praise God now I'm going to conclude this message today with this challenge having heard this preached and having you know followed these principles go ask the Lord don't just read this and then not ask go ask if you abide in me and my words abide in you okay you you make a commitment to do that you will ask what you desire Okay, we're going to leave it wide open. We're not going to limit the Lord on this and try to whittle it down or, you know, you know, and, you know, make this something that's reduced from the magnitude and the greatness of what Jesus actually attached to it. We're not going to do that. We're going to hold it up there. This is the blank check. Oh, yes, this is something grand that can be yours. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. So having looked at these things and examined this and walked into the Scripture carefully, still we're left with the challenge of asking. My friends, I can't do that for you. You have to do your own asking for those desires, those things that you desire. Mm. Woo, praise the Lord. So ask Him. Talk it over with the Lord. Say, Lord, um, we're going to present this to you. Make sure you and I are on the same page. Make sure the Holy Spirit, uh, Holy Spirit, want to make sure that you feel good about this. And uh, Father, everything's good to go. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you for this desire, and I'm asking you to do this. And oh God, I've even got seed that I've sown, so I know that you can give me a harvest. And so, Father, this is the color I want. The, the this is the model. This is the brand. Whatever it might be. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, I'm asking you unashamedly. I'm asking you. Hallelujah. My friends, don't let these old religious fuddy-duddies that are all, you know, you know, looking like a bunch of shriveled prunes that don't want you to have any fun, don't let those people discourage you from asking. A lot of those people, you know, they're just, they're, they're I, I don't know, it seems like they're jealous and they're, they're upset because they don't have anything. Well, maybe they don't have anything because they've never asked. And, you know, they think it's wrong to ask. We shouldn't have nice stuff, Pastor Stephen. That's just a bunch of religious baloney. No, ask the Lord for what you want and ask Him boldly. Remember, 
Your faith works better when it's bold. The bolder your faith is, the better the results you're going to get. So if you're going to ask the Lord, just ask Him. Say, Father, Jesus said this. These are His words. I bring it before you. So, Father, without apologizing and groveling and begging like some kind of unworthy something other, Lord, I come before you knowing that I'm in your Son. I'm in Christ, the righteousness of you, O God. And I'm asking, Father, in the name of Jesus, unapologetically, I'm asking you to do this for me in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And then Hold to it. Ask. Believe that you receive. And then hold to it. And praise Him for it. And thank Him for it. And I believe you will be one of those people that says, John 15, verse 7 is true. May sound too good to be true to many, but I know it's not. I know it's real. I proved it true in my own life. Look, there's a lot of Christians, maybe 90%, who know. John chapter 15, verse 7, but they have never seen it manifested in their life. Not one time, not one time, the entire time they've been born again, they've never seen it manifested once. And there's going to be a lot. They'll go home to be with the Lord and they will have lived their entire Christian journey. And they never proved that verse true once. Is God true? Yes, He's true. But we've got to take it, and we've got to we've got to step into it by faith and just believe God to do it, and He'll do it. He's what He He's ready, He's willing, He's able, and He's wanting to. But He needs somebody to rise up and say, God, I'm not going to sit around and let some old religious fuddy duddy talk me out of my promises and out of my inheritance. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you for something. Woo! Based upon your word. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. By the way, the 90% that's never worked for, that's why many of them have never received. They've never asked in faith. They've never, they don't put the value on a close walk with God of abiding in Him. They're not abiding in the, the Word abiding in them. And they just, you know, they're just mediocre Christians. And that's why it won't work for them. But when you're serious about your walk with God, serving God in the Word day and night, interested greatly in the kingdom of God, doing all you can to move it forward, you can ask. Absolutely, you can. God will do it for you. Mm. And then after it's happened, sit back, recalibrate, and go for something else. Just the, it'll work. It's like riding the bicycle. If you've ever ridden the bicycle, your body has has learned that feel. And if you haven't ridden it for 10 years, doesn't matter. You can still get right back on that bicycle, and you'll just start riding it again. Why? Once you've got it down once, you can always go back and replicate it again. And my friends, it's time for you to break through on this verse. Take John chapter 15, verse 7. Take Psalm 37, verse 4, and just stand on them. Those are your two witnesses. Stand on them and ask and receive something beautiful. I believe you'll receive it sooner than you think. Now, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We dare to believe it. And we thank you that it's true, despite what scoffers or, or, or you know, the, the, the unbelievers would think. Lord, we don't care about that. We're going to believe your word. We thank you that it is that good, that it's true. We, we ask and we receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's take communion today. God's going to do something great. There's going to be a great desire received into your life. Hallelujah. I realize that in the messages I preach, I put an emphasis on the value of the crucified life because 
it's through his death that his life is released into your life but my friends that doesn't mean you can't have fun God wants you to have fun God wants you to experience his power and God wants you to be blessed and oftentimes because the journey can be challenging and tough God wants to release those desires especially into your life to make you happy Woo! glory to God so you have joy on the journey amen thank you Jesus praise the Lord there's a lot of Christians they they're just jealous is anytime you get a little blessing they get jealous we well, might as well go ahead and get a big blessing let them get real jealous and let them get so fed up with their jealousy they finally get their life crucified they finally rise up and start doing some asking for themselves too hallelujah in the name of Jesus and they'll find out that God will bless them too if they just follow his principles amen thank you Jesus glory to God if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior but you would like to receive him into your heart I want to give you an opportunity today to make Christ your Savior so that you can receive forgiveness of sins and receive the gift of eternal life praise God if you would like to do that if you'd like to turn from darkness and turn to to the light right now pray this prayer after me say Lord Jesus come into my heart wash all of my sins away Jesus you died for me on the cross at Calvary 2,000 years ago and I tie into that redemptive act right now Jesus wash my sins away I give my life to you thank you Jesus write my name in your book of life I take you now as my Lord and Savior amen and amen welcome to the family of God hallelujah let's all take communion together heavenly father we thank you for the bread the juice we pray over it we bless it we consecrate it this is now the flesh and the blood of Christ our Savior thank you father as we receive his body we're so excited that we can ask for desires and you'll give them to us so father I thank you I thank you that it's going to happen and it's going to manifest quickly in Jesus name Amen. Let's receive the body of Jesus. Isn't it wonderful that Jesus can't lie? Woo! Jesus cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie. He said it. We believe it. I see John chapter 15, verse 7 coming to pass swiftly in your life. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that you are giving us the desires that we ask for. Oh God, you're so good. There is no other God on the earth who does things like this. So Father, we thank you. We thank you in the name of Jesus. We will bring our desires before you and ask. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, knowing that you're going to give them. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us now receive the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people that as we conclude this message, that they will go now and spend time with you and write out the desire, that desire that they want to see you bring forth. Father, we thank you. They're going to ask you. It's going to happen in Jesus' name. Amen. Go spend time with God and ask him. Hold on to him. Hold on to the promise. You're going to see it happen. God bless you. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time.